You have questions? We have answers. We're two Southern moms on the backside of raising kids. And we have some things to say. We've lived life, made mistakes, and learned some lessons. Join us for answers to the questions you just want to ask your mom. Hey, welcome to another Just Ask Your Mom podcast. I'm Renee Sproles. I'm Bonnie Blaylock. And today is our third and final segment of a three-part series on kids and food. Yeah, so in our first podcast, we talked about what women eat during pregnancy, how that affects the taste of their amniotic fluid. I'm not sure who's tasting that, I know, but that's I still cool. want to know who's tasting the garlicky, <laughs> garlicky amniotic fluid. How baby-led weaning, a practice where babies six months old or older jump straight to finger foods as soon as solids are introduced. That's a trend in the UK and growing in popularity here. And last time we learned about neophobia, among other things, that's when children's appetites diminish and become more fickle, somewhere between the ages of two and four. And one in four children will not experience neophobia. And this means 75% of our kids will. Mm-hmm. Good information so you don't panic when they start turning up their nose. Turning up their nose yes. at foods. Yeah. So we've been walking through Karen LeBion's book, French Kids Eat Everything which chronicles her young family's move to northern France, where she discovered food rules that the French used to foster healthy eating habits and good manners in babies and children. So let's really quickly run through those first six rules, Bonnie. Okay, rule number one. Parents, you are in charge of your children's food education. Right, and rule number two, avoid emotional eating. Food is not a pacifier, a distraction, a toy, a bribe, a reward, or a substitute for discipline. Mm. Rule number three, parents schedule meals and menus. Kids eat what adults eat. No substitutes and no short order cooking. Right. And food is social. Rule number four, eat family meals together at the table with no distractions. Eat vegetables of all colors of the rainbow. Rule number five, never eat the same main dish more than once a week. And food rule number six has a part A and part B. Part A is for picky eaters. You don't have to like it, but you do have to taste it. And part B is for fussy eaters. You don't have to like it, but you do have to eat it. I love I love that. I loved how they said when you take that one little bite and they go, ooh, I don't like it. You just say, that's okay. You'll like it when you're older. Yeah. <laughs> You'll try it again later. Just move along. Yep. No drama. So in North America, we are a culture that prizes individual choice. Kids don't have to eat what they don't like. But at the same time, a lot of moms and dads are desperately worried that their kids are not eating well. So this sets up a vicious cycle. We feel anxious about food, and sensing this, our children often eat less well. Right. Does this sound familiar in your house? You ever said any of these things or heard any of these things? Just take one more bite. Well, you can't have dessert until you finish your broccoli. You can't live on chicken nuggets. Nice work. You ate all your dinner. (laughs) All of those are no-nos. Every mouthful gives us hope and every food left on the plate stresses us out. Mealtimes drag on and on. You're still feeding your three-year-old because you're worried he's not going to eat enough without your help. We're here to tell you that less is more. Mm -hmm. So talk less about food at the dinner table and just more about the great parts of the day. Yeah. Don't make it a big deal. Yeah. Back off from that. Talk less about why you need to eat your veggies And allow your kids to eat how much feels right for them. So less narration about what they eat equals more happy mealtimes. Right. And if they don't eat it, no big deal. No big deal. But they can try again later. They can try again later and no snacks. Mm -hmm. No snacks. 
So French parents are much less concerned about nutritional content than Americans. I found this fascinating. I, just, I think they are concerned about nutritional content, but they just use different words. They talk about taste, texture, and color. And if you eat a variety of foods that have various colors and tastes and textures, you are going to get a nutrition. range of nutrition. You're yeah, probably you're gonna... not. That's probably not including a lot of processed foods and junk anyway. Oh, yeah, they don't. They don't them. eat processed foods much at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just remember, in the overarching view of training your kids to eat, you're training appetites. Mm-hmm. It's a psychological state that primes you to eat and be satisfied by certain foods. It's not just the measurement of an empty stomach. It's a state of mind. Right. So if you're stressing out and food is a battlefield or food is a time of anxiety because you're worried about how many bites your child is eating, you're not creating... You're not creating an appetite. Right. And the longer that goes on, the longer that's going to go on. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So on to the final four rules. We're going to wrap this sucker up today. Yep. Well, this first one, Renee, is going to rock some worlds. (laughs) Even my 25-year-old lives for snacks. Rule number seven, limit snacks. Ideally one per day, two at the most, and not within one hour of meals. Yeah. I love this traditional French nursery rhyme. I'm hungry, then eat your fist. If you're still hungry, you can eat your wrist. Then if you still want to eat, you can nibble one of your feet and keep the other for tomorrow's treat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. Our culture is a snack culture. We are such a snacking culture. We graze all day. There's very different schools of thought on this. I mean, I remember at some point reading about feeding toddlers that they recommended feeding them five to seven times a day. Yeah. Like every two hours just Mm -hmm. because their stomachs are really, really small. Yeah. The French don't do that. Um, And in North America, the average number of snacks per day for a child is three. So that's three meals and three snacks. That is six times a day. Yeah. If you're doing breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Right. I can remember we had the little container, Tupperware container thing of Cheerios that went everywhere we went. Mm -hmm. If that thing wasn't full and ready to go, like it was not going to be a good day. Yeah. I I mean, I did that too. Goldfish. Goldfish. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Listen. Emma still loves goldfish. She's 24. My kids do too. (laughs) She loves it. But French children generally, they do not snack. They do have four meals a day, which we would call one of those a snack. So they have breakfast, lunch, goûter, which is 4.30 p.m., which is like tea time. Like tea. Mm -hmm. Uh And then dinner. So this is awesome. I love that snack (laughs) food ads on French TV carry a large white banner like the warnings on cigarette packaging. Bluntly stating, quote, for your health, avoid snacking in between meals. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, <laughs> not in America. In America, 98% of American adults, adults snack every day. And nearly half of American adults snack at least three times a day. That shocks me. It doesn't shock me. I could, no, I, I see it. I was shocked by that. I'm, I'm not a big snacker. Mm-hmm. And so 98%, that's like everybody. Everybody. Everybody got to have a snack. It's (laughs) snack time. Goodness. Yeah. But the French don't look at this lack of snacks as a deprivation. They view it, interestingly, as anticipation. Yeah. Flip the script. I love that. Mm -hmm. It really is anticipation. Mm -hmm. I, I love to anticipate what we're having for, and so do, so do a lot of men. 
I know that yeah. David loved for me to tell him what we were having so he could think about it during the day and be looking forward to what we were going to eat at dinner. Mm-hmm. So just something to think about if you might want to develop that in your own family's food culture. And here's the deal. This ridiculous amount of snacking, I'm just going to call it what it is here. <laughs> it's a new development. So in the 1970s, most kids ate one snack per day and 25% of children did not snack at all. No, I mean, that, okay, that's when I was growing up. Me too. And we were, we didn't even come back to the house. No. You know, we got, we were out in the morning. We had a nice breakfast. We would go play, 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 come back in for lunch. We go play, play, play until the lights in. came on at night. Were you, I wasn't allowed to get in the pantry. Were you allowed to get in the pantry? Nope. No, we weren't allowed to go digging around in the pantry. No, there were five of us. Like they had budgeted amounts of here's what the food is for the week. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be raiding it. Yeah. I mean, when I got to be a teenager, of course I could get in the pantry and fix myself stuff in the summertime but up until then through elementary school no you didn't Mm -hmm. just help yourself to food in the pantry you had to ask permission right and a lot of times the answer would be no I think the wealth in America has changed too to Mm. reflect that because like I said we didn't we didn't go out to dinner yeah we didn't either few and far between yeah and we just didn't have a lot of extra food and that and snacks are expensive they are they That's are extra stuff. We didn't have sodas and cookies and all that stuff just sitting around. We didn't either. Well, we had cookies that my mom made, which I think is really great. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have a lot of junk food sitting around. So the statistics are in. You pick which snacking culture you want to be a part of. Because 20% of American children are obese. And 3% of French children are obese. So there it is. So I remember in one episode, I think it was the first one, she was giving her child a, I talked about the author Karen LeBion was giving her child a cookie in the grocery store because she'd behaved well. Mm-hmm. And the French customers were appalled. Well, I, what I didn't say is what they told her. And they were like, that's a recipe for obesity. They straight up told her that in the grocery wow. store. Hey, lady, you're going to make your child fat. <laughs> believe it that sounds about right for the French so (laughs) I'm not recommending we do that but they just it was a general consensus they just said like what are you it was shocking what are you doing Hmm. you don't let your child snack and Mm -hmm. you certainly don't use food as a reward or a bribe refer to rule what was that um number two it's not a pacifier a distraction a toy a bribe a reward so the author was just describing this later in the book she had to learn that it's okay to feel hungry in between meals. Yeah. It's a, maybe it's a, it's not even an unpleasant feeling necessarily. It's not. But we have learned I think in our culture to see any discomfort at all as unpleasant. Instead and to be of avoided. Yeah, instead of oh, there's this discomfort. Let me think about what we're going to have for dinner and think I can eat so much more of that. Oh, it's a, just a great way to 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 think about it. So at meals in France, you eat till you're satisfied rather till, till you're full. It's, it's nuanced. It is. Satisfied is um, you're not stuffed. You're just, your stomach is not grumbling anymore. You're not, you know, your headache is gone. <laughs> I don't want to feel my stomach um, like straining against my clothing. Like if I'm wearing pants, you know, mm-hmm. the waistband, I don't, I want to, I want to feel I don't want to feel it pushing against that. That's uncomfortable. That's, mm-hmm. To me, that's overly full. Not yes, satisfied. that would be full. Yeah. Stuffed. But um, it's interesting how they get there, too, because in France, and Europe, I was just talking to my son about this, you know, they don't bring the check in Europe quickly. 
Yeah, it, everything's <laughs> it's ours. He said when leisurely. you get a table in Europe and Austria, they were just there for um, studying abroad. Uh, you have the table for the night. They don't have turnover in restaurants like they do in America. So um, you go, you go with friends, you eat for two or three hours, and it's this social event. So you're not like, okay, check, 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 like we are in America. Mm -hmm. Like I got somewhere to be, come bring the check. When we went over to visit, we were kind of like, what's going on? Like, why is the waitress not bringing the check? We're ready to move (laughs) on to the next thing. But what that does is it lets you know, it gives you time to feel satisfied. Yes. You're not just eat, 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 eat. Oh my goodness, I'm so full because you didn't pay attention to your body. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of talking in between bites. Mm -hmm. So you're going a lot more slowly. Remember, we said in another episode, the French don't eat alone, if at all possible. Mm -hmm. You're always eating with someone else. And so that means you're talking, which means you're going slowly. Taking longer. Mm -hmm. It's taking longer. So um, the French have a proverb that describes what we're talking about. They say, a good meal starts with hunger. (laughs) I love that. Mm -hmm. And a good meal for your children, mom, starts with hunger. They're going to be so much more receptive to eating what's presented to them when they're actually truly hungry. Right. You know those meals when you go camping? And you're, oh. you've played hard all day and you've swum in the lake all day and you're starving. Yes. That is the best meal. It's so good, isn't it? You just yes. tuck it in right there. Whatever mm. mom puts in front of you. And it's important to pay attention. So you don't want to be starving, starving, hungry at the lake. And then your mom brings out rice cakes and peanut butter. Right. So <laughs> that's not super satisfying. <laughs> the French diet has a higher proportion of high satiety foods than our diets in America. These are foods that make us feel more full than others. So whole grains, beans, lentils, oats, lean meats, fish, leafy greens, and high water fiber content vegetables and fruits. Stuff that's going to stick with you. It takes a while to digest. Your blood sugar doesn't peak and then drop. Hmm. It's a slow gain. Right. So this was a new thought for the author. She was not used to limiting snacking. You know, she was very much into snacks for Mm -hmm. all the things for bribes (laughs) for pleasure for what a toy Mm -hmm. for all the things but um to help her follow this rule she wrote down a list of benefits of following the rule and i thought they were worth reading so let me flip there benefits to not snacking Mm -hmm. okay following the not snacking rule Mm -hmm. so she and her husband drew this list up rule number one no more negotiating i wouldn't have to negotiate and argue about whether or not it was snack time that's true. That's great for anything yeah. in parenting. Save time. Once they arguing. sniff out that they can negotiate with you, it's done so. <laughs> You're, they're going to go for it. No emotional eating. So it would be easier to follow some of the other French food rules, like the rule about not using food as a pacifier or distraction. Um, and it would help her kids avoid um, developing emotional attachments to eating. They wouldn't u- learn to use food as a way to kill time or fill the void. Yeah. They're just bored, so they eat. Which is super common. I think it is really common. You don't even know you're eating when you're sitting there like playing a video game or watching, you're sitting in front of a movie. You don't even really know you're eating. It's just hand to mouth, hand to mouth, hand to mouth. It's a movement even. Yeah, it's, that's wild. Okay, and then another benefit she said was less mental stress. So she's not having to calculate what they ate or when they ate or worrying if they were going to be hungry enough at mealtimes. Hmm. Because we're just not doing the snacking like so think about it you're calculating okay how many goldfish did they have did i and but wait they only had like one little carrot Mm -hmm. and you're all stressed well no we're just 
cutting out the goldfish. Well, don't cut it out totally. Goldfish are great. <laughs> but, you know. Yeah, minimize. but there's room for a lot more carrots when you have a lot fewer goldfish. It, it's true. And then she said a benefit is time saved. She's not constantly checking and replenishing the multiple locations of her snacks. Ugh, that's what I was talking about. Yes. <laughs> the container and the bag and yes. in, the, in the pantry and in the lunchbox and all the places that she had snacks. So another bonus to that is I guarantee you, mm, I'm going to say 75% of everybody listening to this podcast, probably even higher, your minivan is a Cheerio slash snack graveyard. Oh, yeah. So you're not eating on the go. You're not snacking in the car. You're not having something in your mouth every time you get in the car seat. Well, it sure does keep your cleanup of your car. Oh, it does. Like it puts it on a whole nother level. You know, we have one friend, Bonnie, who they never ate in their car. I remember this. That's an accomplishment. And their Suburban was beautiful. I remember <laughs> getting in it for some reason. We were riding somewhere together and I'm like, oh my goodness, your car looks great. She goes, oh yeah, well, we don't let the girls eat in the car. And I thought, wow, that yeah. had never occurred to me. Mm-hmm. You're right. Like we had a milk cup, sippy cup that got left. Oh, we did too. And it, the pressure, it like exploded to the ceiling. So there was like milk on the ceiling of the van. Not even regular milk. But it was probably chunky milk by that time. Oh, it was, yeah. Not good. So, so, yeah, <laughs> so much time saved. So much less stress. She also said there's money being saved. Like you were just saying, oh, Bonnie. Yeah. You, your grocery bills are going to drop as they substitute fresh food for packaged processed foods and better nutrition. Less snacks meant more real food Mm -hmm. was going in their bodies. And it was less temptation for her as a mom to snack. Because whenever we parent, we usually get a good character lesson in there as well. (laughs) So she would nibble on whatever the kids were eating. That's just kind of what she did. And she would finish their leftover snacks. Yeah. And if they weren't snacking, then she's like, well, then I'm not going to be snacking as well. Because I was just eating what they ate. So there were all kinds of benefits that she that she found and she found that she needed to post them in place for inspiration (laughs) like on the refrigerator or something so this all sounds great but like what's going to happen when your kid comes up to you and who's used to getting snacks Mm -hmm. and they're like hey mom i'm hungry can i have a snack please right well i guess you could say well we're doing this whole new thing we could say check the rule list for those of you (laughs) who are older refrigerator for the benefits but you could also say well that's okay that means you're just really going to appreciate your dinner. Yes. Let's go see what we're going to have for dinner. You want to help me make it? Yes. Yeah. And this is what she found that um, she overheard her two daughters, Sophie and Claire, having a conversation one day after these rules were implemented. And she said, this was the moment I knew I was having success. Claire whined, I'm hungry. Me, and Sophie, me too. Sophie was like, me too. Don't worry, Sophie said brightly. That means you'll really appreciate your dinner. It's in two hours. Let's go check what's on the menu. And they did just that. There you go. And she was like, yes, it's working. They did come around. And, you know, from previous episodes, this was weeks and months Mm -hmm. in the making. There was a lot of hard times. But if you start early, it's not. Making the transition. The transition was what was so hard. Yeah. You're right. Like French children are not fighting this tooth and nail. Because that's the way they live. All you know is what you know Mm -hmm. in your family of origin. That's right. So that's number seven. What's number eight? Awesome. French food rule number eight. Take your time for both cooking and eating. (laughs) Slow food is happy food. Yes. So this is so interesting because the French are so much healthier, not only in their eating habits, but just in their physicality. They're just physically healthier. Mm -hmm. The obesity rates are less and they're healthier. Well, their most important goal when they sit around the dinner table is not health. No. pleasure. Pleasure. 
yeah. pleasure. It's very different from North American goals for eating, which we say things like we fuel ourselves, we want good nutrition, right. personal health, weight loss. And we also are categorizing. Oh, I can't eat that. It's bad. Right. I have to eat more of that because that's what, oh, it's good for me. I'm supposed to eat that. I'm supposed to eat more of that. It's a very different language and attitude. Yeah. They're not categorizing foods as good and bad. Yeah. They're looking for taste. Food is food. And texture mm-hmm. and color. That's right. Food is food. So um, one of her French friends explained it this way. She said, we hurry up our lives in order to slow down at meal times. Slowing down means that you eat less and enjoy your food more. Mm-hmm. I think that's true for lots of things in life. Slow down. Enjoy it more. No, in America, we believe in fast food. Mm-hmm. We call it that. Mm-hmm. Faster food is better food. Mm-hmm. But is it? I'm thinking it's not. No, it's not. I mean, talk about the researchers, the two researchers. There was a French researcher and an American researcher. Yeah, they weighed these servings of identical meals at McDonald's in Paris and Philadelphia. The medium fry in Philly was 72% bigger than the McDonald's in Paris. Ha <laughs> ha! 72%? Supersize me. <laughs> and the time taken to eat a meal in each city, 22 minutes in Paris versus 14 minutes in Philadelphia. So fast food for them was 50% longer. Yeah, twice Meal as Meal time was uh-huh. 50% longer. So eating slowly helps children and adults be more sensitive to their sensations of hunger and fullness. Or, or what did we say earlier? Hunger and... Eat till you don't eat till you're satisfied till you're satisfied. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's based on a sense of balance, which is associated with the principle of moderation. Pleasure through self-restraint based on an appreciation of quality rather than quantity. Hmm. So her mother-in-law said a little portion is all I need. Otherwise, I won't enjoy it as much. That's super interesting. That is so interesting. Because in America, we have what do you call them, Renee? Trough restaurants? Yes, the feeding trough. Or you go to this the um food bar you know and it's just all laid out there and you just fill it up pile up as much as you can yeah it's like the the movie wally do you remember that where we all just sort of become giant floating (laughs) blobs because that's all we do yeah it's and there's no pleasure in that there's no pleasure in the eating and there's no pleasure in the social part of it at all no and and here's the deal moms cooking can be an act of love and delight or it can be yet another exercise in racing through life on automatic pilot. You never stop for a moment to notice, to feel, or to taste. Cooking performed as an act of love brings us renewed energy and vigor. Cooking is like an embrace. That's what the French say. Cooking mm. is a, an embrace. This is a Christian worldview of cooking. It's such a, yeah, it's a service. It's a it's loving beautiful. service for someone else. It's it a is. sacrifice of your time, your resources, to serve someone else, something we all have to have to live. It's life-giving. Mm-hmm. I just think that's cool. It's it's beautiful. And for you moms who are listening who really don't like to cook, it's an even more beautiful act of service. When you sacrifice yourself and your pleasure to do something for your family that you don't love to do, mm-hmm. what a beautiful gift you're giving them. So don't tell yourself the lie that cooking for you is not an act of love and delight. It's delighting for your family yeah. when you feed them. It's a it's a loving embrace to put before your family something that you can enjoy together. Mm-hmm. So Love beautiful. That. It it's really so is. Beautiful. It truly is. French food rule number nine. Eat mostly real homemade food and save treats for special occasions. A treat would be anything processed. 
Right. So she said this was not an actual French rule, so to speak, but she decided this rule was key to feeding kids well in North America, and she knew they were going to be moving back to North America. So she's like, okay, we're adding this in. Yeah. Real homemade food. Which Real is what, homemade food. That's what the good stuff is anyway. Yes. So the French have a concept called terroir. It's, it's used in wine countries as well. So like where the grapes are grown is a terroir. Oh, so okay. So the soil gives the grapes a certain flavor, mm-hmm. the climate, all that. Well, they have it in terms of just the food they eat as well. It's not just wine. So it's the relationship between the people, their land, and the climate, and their food. You eat food from where it comes. Like the farm-to-table concept that's Correct. getting more and more popular. Right. And so... Um, in Brittany, you would eat oysters and drink apple cider because you have apple trees yeah. and you're near the ocean. You would eat Roquefort and drink rosé in southern France. You get the idea. It's like eating seafood when you go to the beach. Yes, it's, exactly. It's like eating corn and tomatoes and okra in middle Tennessee in uh-huh. the summer. Because <laughs> that's what we grow. That's what we have here. So the idea is to find the balance between the foods available where you're living, your area, your terroir, and your cooking skills. And a schedule that lends itself to mindful cooking and eating. So look, if you don't love cooking, you don't have to cook elaborate meals. No. But a little bit of planning mm-hmm. and a little bit of like shopping ahead goes a long way right. to enabling you to do this. We've talked about this before in this, in this series. Like I would just absolutely die a little inside at five o'clock in the afternoon. I've got a baby and a three-year-old and it's like, what is for dinner yeah, what's and coming? I one day I was standing in my kitchen and I was like enough I'm never doing this again I'm going to plan out what we're having mm-hmm. for dinner maybe five to seven days ahead much more than that you can't really do produce right you'll be eating keep. a lot of canned stuff which is what they're not wanting you to do so just think about what is really good and available in your area and what you would like to cook in the following week and what your family likes. Mm-hmm. Introduce new things along with the things that they love, right. right? So farmer's markets are great for this. There's so many areas. I know there is here. There's not everywhere. There's produce deserts in some areas. But if you have a local farmer's market, go to it. I found stuff there I did not even know existed. Oh, yeah. I didn't know what this was, but I'm going to bring it home and try a lion's mane mushroom. Yeah. Wild. But it's totally cool to go with your kids and look at the stuff. Usually they'll let you sample it and bring home something new and interesting. Look up a recipe. What can I make with XYZ? And then have your kids help you with it. Yes. Do it together. Then it's it's local. It's what you said was in our area. Um, You're supporting local businesses and you're getting fresh seasonal nutrition. That's fun. So fun. You know, we, uh, last year, I guess, um, I did a New Year's resolution that for David and I, I said, every time I go to the grocery store, if I see a food I haven't eaten, I'm going to purchase it. Which is hard for me because, you know, I love to eat food. I know. You <laughs> get some crazy <laughs> stuff. I, but I have, there's been a few things that um, that we ate last year that I thought, well, why have I never bought that? Like hmm. fennel, fresh fennel. Oh. I've used fennel seed mm-hmm. a lot of times, but I've not used fennel. Well, we discovered we love fennel. I love fennel too. Kohlrabi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably one of the best salads we've had was made with kohlrabi. I'd never bought kohlrabi before. So I even do it in my local grocery store. Yeah. I just try to make it a habit of, I'm going to just pick up an item that we've not had before. And we're going to try it. Lots of different weird fruits and things that we were like, yeah, we wouldn't do that again. But yeah. you know what? We tried it. <laughs> That's right. Now you know. It was fun. It was fun to try it. 
So just think about doing those things with your kids, especially if you let your kid pick it out. Think how fun that would be. Right. We're going to pick one thing from the produce aisle that we haven't had before and you get to help pick it. Yep. This time it's your turn. Next time it's going to be your turn. Yeah. So one, a cool one is this, the carambola fruits. We used to have them in Florida all the time. Here you see them every now and then, but they're star fruit. Oh yeah. But they're called carambola down there. And you, when you slice them, they make stars. Fun shapes that kids love to eat, plus it's a cool new fruit and a cool new taste. Try that one. I love that. I love that. Okay, and our final French food rule, number 10. The most important rule of all, the golden rule. Eating is joyful, not stressful. Treat the food rules as habit or routines rather than strict regulations. It's fine to relax them once in a while. This goes for all of parenting rules yes all of parenting the goal is to create good routines and habits they're not you're not to be a slave to them no so it you're not supposed to be policing your children's eating what's our goal here moms just for them to internalize these routines and habits so they they enjoy food and they get a pleasure out of it that it's fun and it's social Absolutely. So remember, in schools, the, the reason they have these wonderful cafeterias in France, the reason you can't take your lunch in France is because food is an education. It's a, it's a childhood of learning to try new things, to experience tastes and textures and flavors and colors that you have not had before. It's developing a pleasurable approach to food. Awakening those taste buds. Awakening your taste Just buds. Just like you're awakening knowledge and awareness of history, science, math, English, literature. Your child's emotions. Right. And their talents and their character. Food is one of those things. It's one of those things. It's in the category of reading and potty training. You would not say... We're not doing that because that's just hard. Or my child doesn't happen to like it. You're going to do it anyway because it's good for the child. Yes. Yes. So so really, I really urge you, don't take the path of least resistance here. Um, really consider creating a culture of food that's just a joy in your home. Mm-hmm. Your children will be feeding themselves the rest of their lives. You can set them up for great success right. in this area good way to check and see whether you're on the right track is to ask yourself whether what you're doing is going to create long-term anxiety for your children. This is good for lots of areas, but food in particular. French parents believe that healthy eating habits can be achieved without anxiety. Food is a source of pleasure, not worry. A lot of American moms and dads are shocked by this. They're surprised. Yeah, because it's a source of anxiety for ourselves. Right. We consider food to be... um, Maybe this great addiction we have to conquer. Like you said, good foods and bad foods. Yep. And I binge on foods. And then I deny myself foods. Right. And candy is bad. Don't eat candy. Right. Don't eat sugar. Right. And, you know, we, we're all stuck on like eating can make you sick or it can make you healthy. But we don't really think about eating bringing us joy. Joy. Yes. Who doesn't need more joy? I know. We all need more so joy. We worry more and we eat less. The French worry less and eat much better. Mm-hmm. Food is a gift from God. We use it to celebrate, to mourn, to entertain, to fuel, to love, to show hospitality, and to care for people in tangible ways. So many one another's in that one sentence. I love that. I love it. And the writer of Ecclesiastes puts it this way. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink 
and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. That's right. So when we get our buddy Paul summing up Le'Veon's <laughs> full rules this way, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. First Corinthians. So when you bring God into your healthy eating, it changes everything. Striving to honor him in your food and drink choices will bring not only a heart change, but it will also change your choices. Amen to that. Bring you joy. So here's some more joy. So thank you for indulging me on this extra long series, Bonnie. <laughs> I loved talking about this. What a joy. Yeah, I know. I thought it was good because so many, so many issues surround food with kids so, so many and this was um this was another listener suggestion mm-hmm. as well so we thank you listeners for um continuing to send in those suggested topics it's just this was a joy for me yeah this was a great one so we're gonna have this book um and other resources up on our website at justaskyourmom.com find us on facebook just ask your mom or instagram at just ask your mom podcast and if you would rate us and leave a review um we would love for you to do that just because it helps people find us when they look for us on spotify or apple and if you want to subscribe you'll get a new episode every monday morning and continue to send us those questions or topic ideas at just ask your mom podcast at gmail.com. And we'll see you next time on Just, just ask, ask Your Mom. mom.